Before this episode starts, I do want to apologize in advance for the slight echo in the audio. Thank you so much for your patience and understanding. I hope you enjoy. I'm Jack, your host, and this is the Right in the Fields podcast. Whether you're a guy trying to figure out your feels in this crazy, crazy world, or you're a woman trying to solve the puzzle of why men think the way they do, well, this show is for you. This is Right in the Feels, and as usual, I am your host, Jack, and today I have a double trouble guest duo today. And I think there's only been another time I've had a duo on, and that was Amy Akuda and their husband Mitchell. So this is a special treat. And you know, I almost, I almost want to So it's Mike Bo and his husband Taylor Chan today. <laughs> wow, you you broke um. the news for us. <laughs> <laughs> Let him do it. Let him do it. No, no, no. It's my honor, dude, for Mike Bo to bring the guest in. It is Mike Bo show and Taylor the Bay Chan. How are you guys doing? Thank you for being on. Thank you for having us. This is like super cool, Jack. All three of us go way back. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's Mm -hmm. just an honor to be on your podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Jack. Also, audience, isn't Jack's podcast voice amazing? (laughs) Like, I didn't realize how good your podcast voice was. I listened to your previous episode and I was just like, ooh, this is like jazz, like silk. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. I had to really work on it. No, I, I, I just, I actually got that comment from one of a mutual friend of ours. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel good and kind of weird at the same time. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys are content creators. And a right. lot of times you create content, you just put it out there. And then I guess for YouTube, it's a little different because you get comments as feedback. So you get that feedback right mm-hmm. away. But for podcasting, there's no comment section. So once I put it out there, unless someone contacts me directly, whether through Instagram or email, I have no idea how people oh, are That's so true. Oh, go, I didn't realize uh, there no way. Comments. Yeah. Where do you normally get your comments on like Apple podcasts or something? Yeah, but it's impossible to get reviews because most people, they just absorb the content. And then, you know, as in YouTube, if you want to make yeah, a yeah. comment right away, if it angers you or you're happy about it, you're like, Click, 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 right below the video, right? Yeah, podcast. Yes. You have the big active effort to like love, make love an Mike. account. Yeah. They find love Jack's Mike. address and then write a strongly worded <laughs> Yelp review. Show um, up at my, my house and pick it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So with that said, welcome to the show, guys. I thank you. And again, we go way back. The topic for today's episode, and I had to bring reinforcements and not just one reinforcement two reinforcements because i'm out of the dating game i've been out of the dating game for a long time when we met i was out of the dating game and one of the first That's conversations so we had on a road trip together i remember we, we were yeah. driving to san diego, yeah. san diego yeah for phil's speech yeah, was it during phil's, that yeah or was it for comic-con it was one no, of those it was, it was for phil's speech okay it's for phil's speech yeah graduation the, speech. the boys car yeah, that was, was great. <laughs> I remember that speech. Oh, that 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 talk. What, uh, only a two-hour drive, but it was a very. We got deep really quick. Don't you love yeah. long car ride discussions during like drives? Ironically, when you would listen to podcasts, so you guys are going to get the 4D experience right now because you're probably driving, right? <laughs> What's funny is back then I don't think podcasts existed yet. <laughs> Did it exist yet? Maybe not as big as it is now. Yeah, you're right. None of our friends' podcasts existed. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't like a a stereotype. Oh, my friend's starting a podcast. That wasn't the thing that people were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Now literally everyone has a podcast. (laughs) I know, yeah. And you have two. (laughs) I know. Oh, man. Tay, we got to catch up. I know. 
one of the reasons why I wanted both of you on here is to give you a, give people out there a sneak peek that you guys maybe should get into podcasting as a duo. Oh no! Oh man! You know, we'll this see, is the this back is to pilot. Yeah, this is yeah. like um, yeah. the spinoff series is going to happen. Left in the fields. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's how I feel a lot. <laughs> yeah. I feel left in the fields. Left abandoned. In fields. <laughs> uh, so to give everyone reference. Taylor, if you don't know who Taylor is, he is one of the directors and writers and everything pretty much at One Foot Productions for a while. Taylor, how long have you been at One Foot? Yeah, it seems like it's coming up on eight years. Ooh. Eight years. Is it, is it eight? It's, it'll, it next, next February mm. will probably be eight years. Man. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I was there and Christine, Jack's wife. <laughs> we're um, not we're not we have oh not yet not official yet okay breaking news i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> taylor's breaking it on the show <laughs> okay i'm oh, sorry about that uh you know christine actually who you know and has been on the podcast many times hired me and um that's how i got to know jack back when she worked at long food productions and then over the years i've been able to like make my own stuff and help yeah uh, the founders make their projects too, and it's been really exciting. And I met Mike through Wong. Yeah, and Mike is an actor, a content creator. You gotta you gotta follow this guy on social media. There's a lot of things that you've been starring in, which I'm super excited about, Mike. You know, uh, my favorite things I star in are Taylor Chan Productions, yeah. um, the Taylor directed, Taylor written. Uh, he only says that Wong when Fu. I'm in the room. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, no, man, working with. Any actors out there, if you have the blessing of working under Taylor Chan, you are blessed. It is a, an amazing experience. Um, still, those are like my favorite things that I've worked on since I've been in L.A. You know? No, um, you're not. You're, you're just saying that, but it's fine. You were on Kung Fu this past year. Congratulations. Amazing show. Finally made it on the CW. I know. Mike, we've known each other for many years and people that don't know this and we have a comic-con experience together and we kind of enjoyed it for the for a couple of years and you've always been a huge cw fan this is a huge thing yeah it's so full circle jack is like we were manning the awkward animal booth yes. the, the wong fu awkward animal booth mm-hmm. which is right next to the warner brothers cw oh yeah. so we would so throughout the whole comic-con weekend in san diego we would it's always San Diego. It's always all these yeah. San Diego. Um, the casts for like, you know, Riverdale, Supergirl, Flash, Flash, all throughout the weekend would just come down and be signing. And I would be looking at that wistfully and be like, Jack, one day, one day I will talk about being on the CW on your podcast. And we will. I'll, be, I'll be signing autographs on that table. <laughs> Whoa, that's some, some major prediction right there. Nostradamus to predict that I would have a podcast. I'll tell you what. Your chances of getting on CW was way bigger than me creating this podcast, and it both happened. Incredible. Look at hey, us. Hey, look hey. at us. Looks like we made it. <laughs> and I said you guys have this awesome bromance because being around you guys, you guys kind of have the synergy. And wow. in fact, you guys actually wrote a, and, and you starred in a short you guys created together. Yeah. Talk a little about that. We, referring to In Between. Yes. In Between. And In Between mm. was a short film that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and I decided to to create for the HBO Visionaries competition. I think it was the first one they did. And we based it on our experiences as um, multi-generational Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. Not kind of feeling like we're not Asian enough in a lot of regards, but then also feel like outsiders from 
a lot of our friend groups growing up because we were like the only Asian in our groups a lot of, often oftentimes so yeah, yeah. I, Mike w w more to say about that <laughs> no no yeah uh, in the Wang Fu crew we were finding that we were in a kind of a smaller group of uh, multi-generational Asians like my great-grandfather came to America and and Taylor's great-great-grandfather came to yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so we were just talking about little funny uh, situations where amongst our non-Asian friends or our white friends, we'd be treated like, oh, we're, you know, super Asian. But then when our Asian friends, we would do like, I guess, non-Asian things. And then they'd be like, oh, you're, you're totally not Asian enough, you know? So yeah, we felt like super Asian in one group, but then at the same time, not Asian enough in another group. So we're like, there's a, well, let's write a story about this. Yeah, it was super yeah. rewarding. Yeah, we ended up realizing a lot of people shared that upbringing and that that feeling. And yeah, that's at least like five years old at this point. I know, time flies. Which is wild. Yeah. yeah. And thinking about that, it actually made me realize, save that content. We can create another whole episode based on that. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we should. We should get together and do it. Because, Jack, I know that you also <laughs> grew up like one of the with a lot of like Caucasian friends and non-Asian friends no no I'm the opposite I'm the oh. opposite yeah I'm the one outcasting you guys like oh. saying you guys are weird <laughs> okay, I would never do that <laughs> like I grew up in a largely Asian community oh, okay, so never mind. it's actually not indicative of what the world is, or at least America is usually like you know it's it's very mixed or like a lot of people come from the more dominant white community yeah. but I grew up not thinking I'm the minority so it was kind of right. weird when I went into the workforce and stuff like oh, see, that, to be like, okay, this is the real world is very different than how, how I grew up. But hey, Jack, where did you grow up again? Arcadia. Arcadia. Okay, that's yeah. six two six. Yeah, six two six. So I'm I know about the six two six lifestyles. <laughs> Man, moving from New York to Arcadia, like I, I mean, moving from New York to LA and <laughs> yeah. experiencing like the six two six Asian community, that was such a eye opening experience mm -hmm. because the Asian community has been so strong there, and there's so much stuff that I'm like. Why aren't there multiple TV shows made about this area? And so much so we named our fake Asian school and in between University of San Gabriel. <laughs> Which I think we're the first to make that joke. I'm sure it'll come up again. You got, five years ago, you guys were first to do that. You guys were a pioneer. It'll be a, a real school, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few decades from now. Dude, I, like I, I don't doubt that. I don't yeah. doubt that. And then non-Asians who really want to learn Asian culture are going to mm -hmm. apply to it. And mm -hmm. then it's going to be a school full of non-Asians who know how to speak Asian languages. And, and seeing all the success in, in the growth in media in Hollywood, too, with how Asians are really gaining more and more traction. Obviously, like this is all built up on everybody contributing mm -hmm. that, yes, this is all going to be a possibility yeah. <laughs> more than ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's all your guys doing. Everyone being creative and, and entering the entertainment field and making creative things like podcasts, short films, and uh, inspiring others, honestly, to keep on telling their stories. And I want to say directly to you guys that you guys have been a huge inspiration for me because just being around creators, Taylor, you again, you've been at Wang Fu for eight years and I've met you right at the beginning of Wang Fu. So yeah. I've seen how much you've created and how much you've grown as a person. Mm -hmm. And it's truly inspired me to even lend my voice out there because when you're not used to being around uh, a community or people like that, Mike, you're in the performing arts. Every day you audition, you're putting yourself out there. Like it, it's brutal. So to see you guys do that, it only gave me more strength and belief that, hey, you know what? I want to try to do this and lend just more representation out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, you did a great job. And I think you, you nailed it. Community is a big part of what drives everyone, mm-hmm. even the three of us. Like, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without, like, the support of, like, you two and, like, Christine and obviously the team that we have at one yeah. point. Peers and friends and family, that just, yeah, that community is just is the driving force for all everything mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. do. So I, I echo that. Yeah, so we're going to get back on subject. (laughs) One of the things why I thought you guys were perfect besides that conversation we had five years ago or six years ago in the car ride to San Diego about dating is, Taylor, you actually wrote and directed a series dating after college for one for Right. Yeah, it was my first series I was helming on my own. And it was really fun to explore kind of things that I dealt with Mm-hmm. After college, as a single guy for many years in, in regards to modern dating and stuff like that. And Mike knows a lot about that, too, because he's a PB by my side through all those yeah. feelings and stuff. But yeah, yeah, right around that that talk, I think, is when I met my current girlfriend who I've been in a relationship Ooh. with for like five years. So it's actually interesting, too, because I've been out of the game at this point for a while. I'm using your, your short series as yeah. source material. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to do research, man. As I said, I've been out of the game. So Mike actually was in one of the, one of the episodes in that series. I think it was episode yeah. six, right? Yeah, yeah. The office one. The office one. Oh, right. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so much like of your work, Taylor, that he's like, oh, that one? Oh, yeah, I remember. He's like my, he's like my Easter egg. I have to put him in something. Doesn't like uh, Christopher Nolan owe? Yeah, he's my Michael Caine. Michael Caine? Michael Michael Caine. Dating after college is hard. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Use that for my next project, Mike. Master, (laughs) Master Wayne. Day day after college is hard. Can you also use this as a voice voice acting audition tape, right? Yeah. <laughs> so with with that said, dating after college is a big deal for most young men, young women, and it's to be quite brutally fair and honest, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. And Taylor, you wrote that, and I think it was so well written and such a great short. When I watched the whole series all together again uh, mm-hmm. to do research. I appreciate the views. Yeah. <laughs> hey, every view and every listen matters. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It really does. Mike, how did you feel going from college to post-college and dating? Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because I remember actually even feeling the I didn't take advantage of the environment even from high school to college. Because mm-hmm. school in general, you're just set up with like this perfect environment of... Mm-hmm like-minded people people your age so many so many opportunities so many movies of your romantic rom-com to be made so i remember being like when i went to college i was like oh man so many opportunities in high school i didn't do anything out of fear out of etc you know being you know being shy Mm -hmm. um and then college same thing happened it's like yeah you're in this environment with all these people who literally applied to go to this same environment so the (laughs) people are it's like a, it's like a, the best dating app ever. It's like these people are all like you, <laughs> um, are all and, and as ambitious as you and everything. So yeah, when you leave that, you're like, oh man, the opportunities that were there that I didn't, uh, that I didn't, you know, go for. Because now you're like you're in the wild west. Yes, the whole world. There's no one filtering the applications anymore. It's just you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for Tay, did you feel the same way? 
Yeah, for sure. I think like also I transferred to university. So I feel like every time I was at college, it was always looking at, at the next transition point for like career, right? It's like, I need to get to the four-year university. And once I got there, I was like, I need to figure out what job I'm going to have right at graduation. And then sometimes romance and man, the kind of yeah. the social life stuff was like set, was a lower priority and yeah it wasn't until senior year that i'm realizing like oh wow i haven't really taken advantage of all these opportunities to meet people and um date on campus did some That's dating it. in college mm. you know but not as much as i think most people do and even like going into like wong fu i think i was like really focused on like being a good employee good editor mm. and it was hard to like compartmentalize and like think about putting myself out there and putting your energy into yeah yeah i i can relate with the transfer for i also transferred to university so even though i had a girlfriend in college but i understand the mindset i just never put myself into like okay i should socialize more even outside of girlfriend right yeah because i was like okay i gotta line myself up to get a job after i graduate and that's that's in two years once after you transfer it's in two years so you're like i only have two years time yeah yeah i gotta focus so right. See, we were good students. We were trying to figure <laughs> yes. out. We weren't concentrating on like being of the parties. We were like, you know, trying to set ourselves up. But looking back, I'm thing like, too. Dude, I missed yeah. out. I missed out on the parties. That's no, like that sure. classic thing at the Asian parent thing. It's mm-hmm. like, like, no, concentrate on school. Concentrate on school. No, no dating. Mm-hmm. No girlfriend. And then after you graduate, why aren't you married? Where's your girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just go, I just you can't got go from here. point A to Z. Yeah. yeah. yeah what? You wanted me to do both? Yeah. You're telling me I now I could have done both? I found that the most frustrating for parents when they're like, focus on school. And then after you're done focusing on school and they feel like, hey, that's good enough attention. They're like, why aren't you married? It's like, you know, yeah. same time you invest in studying, you have to invest in dating to find a person you want to marry. <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm, yeah. just happen. You can't just berate a kid when they don't get what you feel like they should have yeah. at that time. Yeah, the, the whole, you know, people are like, you know, sometimes talk down to college, like, oh, I don't need to go to college or whatever, because like so many like millionaires are, were college dropouts. Mm-hmm. I think that the thing that's not talked about enough is, yeah, the social learning you learn in yes. college. Yeah. It's not even like, okay, great. Mark Zuckerberg, you know, didn't have a degree or whatever, but you learn so much living on your own and like interacting with all these people your age and dating or all that stuff. Well, that's a yeah. good transition because... When we're talking about dating, we're really talking about social skills. And you really get put to test when you actually decide consciously, like, I'm going to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask Taylor first. Going from college and then really going into work and then finally deciding, okay, let me put some energy into dating. How did you feel like your social skills were? What kind of social skills did you need to develop? I, I, I would say I'm like fairly social, but innately awkward, mm. you know? So it's not like, like I, like I can, I can hang, but I'll still mm-hmm. be a little awkward. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's charming. So yeah, charming. When I, when I went into charming. dating, cause I hadn't, I hadn't dated much. Nicole, my current girlfriend is the first relationship I've ever been in. So going into dating after college, it was really just learning how to present yourself and trying to figure out what you're trying to gain out of each interaction too. And also know what you're also offering them at the same time. And so there was a, definitely a learning curve in just in terms of knowing my weaknesses and strengths and knowing who I was and how I'm presenting towards people too. And learning how to go into it without the nerves and, and insecurities yeah. and just approaching it and getting to the point where you can approach dating where it's just like, I'm just getting to know someone. It's not that 
heavy and it's not mm-hmm. as sacred as like mm-hmm. sometimes media or people like to make it out to be mm-hmm. dating is is like an intro meet and yeah. sometimes you guys drive and sometimes you don't and that's not a reflection of you or them sometimes it's just a connection and yeah that took a little while to get to but it was a valuable lesson coming out of college and getting to meet people every once in a while yeah i always think this when i reflect on dating and the biggest thing that most of the time i get is I learn a lot about myself and you yeah. kind of mentioned the insecurities. When you go into dating, you start to face those things really quickly. Very quickly, yeah. And for Mike, did you have to battle any of that? I mean, you're such a good looking dude. You're yeah, an actor. You were you dating in college, Mike. Yeah, you were already confident, You're a right? different guy. So I, um, well, first of all, Taylor, I, I love the term, I love the term intro meet. Mm. But hey, hey, girl, want to intro me? <laughs> this problem you use that. Dude, you just gave Mike <laughs> a total different game, a level to his game now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, 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 it's not a date. It's an intro me. Well, it's a little intro. little, uh, <laughs> uh, it's like a tech term, I'm sure. <laughs> I went on a blind intro meet the other day. <laughs> yeah. um, also, I want to remark on like the, the tale of like, the nerves thing, because mm-hmm. doesn't that suck? The more you care, probably the worse the date's going to turn out. Because <laughs> you're just so like, true. you know, and then the less you, because those are the nerves, the nerves will mess you up. And then, and ironically, the less you care, less nerves you got, the, the better you are, the smoother you are. Yeah, it's, it's a like, conditioning of like, it's a self-fulfilling, be a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Persona. Like, it's like yeah. the dating world is telling you to be like, don't try. Mm. Like, it's, it's so counterintuitive because usually the more you try, the better you'll be in Anything. your job, yeah. your studies. But this, it's like, no, care less. <laughs> Say less. Care less. <laughs> don't chase them. Well, I, detached. I, think, yeah. I think the part of what that advice is of mm. care less is don't be in your own head. Mm-hmm. Right. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Obviously care about the other yes of course (laughs) (laughs) yeah must stress that be respectful care about people (laughs) that's not Um, what we're saying but the truth is in dating that's not always the case though you don't always encounter in fact you encounter a lot of people and this it could be guys and girls that at the end it's a transactional thing a lot of times it feels Mm -hmm. like right yeah yeah Yeah, back to what you're saying about yeah my dating experience in college pretty much like Taylor, post-college, I felt I was a late bloomer in that, like, I didn't have a relationship or dating until college. And, and, like, in high school, I was definitely, I had crushes on girls who didn't reciprocate. So I was kind of like, like that. Like, and the, and the girls that liked me, I didn't like back. So it was like, again, what we were talking about, like, wait, I'm not trying with you and you have a crush on me, but the girls I am trying with, they don't like me back. So it was a whole bunch of that until college, finally, it aligned. I liked someone. They liked me back. It was finally. That's the <laughs> best line. <laughs> and that happened in my junior year. So yeah, I was. That was my first date, first kiss relationship. Um, ironically, her name was Nicole too. Taylor. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, so uh, we dated it for four years from then. Wow. So you didn't really get back into post-college dating until a couple of years after, obviously, like, you dated dated into your mid-20s-ish, right? Right. So then the dating apps came out while I was in that relationship. So I I didn't experience it until after that and all that. Oh, dude, you're so good. I feel like you should be a podcast host because you just you just lobby up the transitions for me. Like online dating, let's talk about online dating. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> Profesh. You're With like the professional. Yeah, you're like LeBron James, man. So let's talk about online dating then. You kind of missed the the beginning of how 
online dating getting super hot. But obviously, when you got back into the dating world, online dating was a thing, right? It was right. the thing, if anything. Right. How was that dealing with online dating right off the bat? Getting back into, well, once you mentally could get back into the dating game and you decided, what was online dating to you? Man, it's it's tough because you're now, well, first off, the profile setup, right? Mm. You're, you really have to take a third person inventory of, oh, how am I presenting myself? How do I look? And not only that, do I have pictures that represent that? All that stuff. So getting in your head about all of that. And then you're also kind of seeing other profiles. So you're like, oh, how do I compare with these people? Mm. And then on top of that, you know, like the Asian topic, statistically, right? Mm-hmm. Asian guys have the l- lowest... Mm-hmm. For, for for males, the Asian guys have the, like the lowest amount of matches and stuff. So it's like, oh great, this sounds like a great environment to play in, you know. <laughs> so this is so this is before LA. I met one person mm. on a dating app um, in New York, and then we we met up like at a park, and she totally didn't look like who. The, the picture. <laughs> yeah, the picture. So so then there's that too. It's Happy like, oh my god, now you can totally not represent yourself well, and then you know. Yeah. Or, or she represented herself too well. Is that what yeah. you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Overachieved, I guess. Well, I, I guess so. I guess. So there's the lack of that. And then also on top of that, you realize there's so much communication that happens in person and chemistry that happens in person. So you can really start chatting on the app thinking like, oh, I'm going to connect so well with this person. But then you meet and you're like, oh, wow, there's no chemistry. Mm. But I was chatting with almost like, um, uh, a manufactured uh, version, an ima- of right? An imagine, mm. imagined version. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a tough world out there. Yeah. Online dating is tough, and, that's for sure. And Taylor kind of mentioned this earlier: is how you present yourself, you become extra conscious of that. Yeah, it, it, it feels a little different than dating in person or meeting people in person. Just yeah, obviously it's all through text, and there's like what Mike was saying too. But like the fact that you're manufacturing your image to sell yourself, mm-hmm. and then the fact that you know that everyone else is also there's a little bit of like filtering that everyone's doing that you don't really get as much when you meet someone at a bar or at a school event, right? Yeah. And I think people are overwhelmed with an abundance of choice on dating apps, right? So when you're seeing like 20 guys a day or 20 girls a day and swipes, right? You're naturally going to be comparing people and measuring people up that you wouldn't normally do in the real world. And I think sometimes it can get to people's heads, I think, too. And they would filter people in ways that they wouldn't have, if, mm-hmm. I don't know, in other circumstances. So mm-hmm. it's it, there's definitely like this tendency to get stuck on dating apps, I think, too, mm-hmm. because you feel like there's always someone better or that you deserve more. There's certain people that you might kind of swipe left on that you could have been a good shot or a good, mm-hmm. a good, uh, good chemistry with, yeah. It sounds like what you're saying is like with online dating, you can get trapped into mentality where if you were in the real world, I guess, meeting people in person, yeah, it wouldn't be how you react. It wouldn't be how you interact with somebody right? instead of just literally pushing them to the side, to the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) When Mike mentioned, as Asian guys, we all know this um, and the stats kind of prove it. When you guys went into the online dating world, and understanding and starting to feel like, hey, maybe Asian guys are not as high on the totem pole. Was that a reality for, for you, Tay? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, 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 I wouldn't say I got like a ton of matches mm. and it was slim. And that, I mean, that's for many reasons, but like I, I definitely heard that from a lot of friends too, from Asian, Asian male friends too. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely tough. But and, and if you do get matches, it's, it's often from other Asian females or people mm-hmm. in the community. So, so 
Yeah, I definitely think those numbers are, are right. Mm-hmm. How did that affect your confidence? It's one of those like realities I think we've always kind of understood. I kind of just like understood at this point. <laughs> uh, the mass audiences generally were not the most desirable. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't take it personally and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I know it's at play. And ultimately, I'm just looking for someone that likes me for me. You know, and so when I do find a match, I just I focus on that versus like who's not liking me. And yeah, I think I think in terms of combating it, there's a lot of commentary mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. thoughts there in terms of how things can change and what things can be better. Yeah. But when it goes to like when I was personally on the app and how I interpreted those things, I tried to not um, let it get to me too mm-hmm. much. Uh, just focus on meeting people, meeting people that want to meet and mm-hmm. trying to have the best interaction I mean, was there any negative effects for you, Mike? And and when you got into the online dating world, and as you said, one of your descriptions was like, well, you met somebody and it wasn't as uh, accurate representation as her profile and even the the chemistry you had while chatting online. Yeah, it's for these reasons why I actually haven't used dating apps so much and haven't met a lot of people because the lack of matches. And then, yes, there was no, I wasn't getting as many matches as like my other non-Asian friends. So I was like, okay, why spend so much time if like I'm not getting the results? It's, it is interesting though, because representation plays so much a part of this, right? Mm-hmm. We're taught what is attractive and what is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, this is great Sherlock quote. I like where Watson's like, am I beautiful? And then Sherlock, Benedict Cumberbatch is like, beauty is a construct created by childhood, (laughs) influences experiences and role models. And as we've talked about earlier, the Asian representation has been better and better as the years have been going on. And honestly, I'm seeing that in the dating app. (laughs) Really? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's like, so it's clearly like a clear trend. People are, are seeing Asians more as romantic leads from movies and stuff and even k-pop and k-drama yeah my, my mom actually interestingly she over quarantine so my mom was born and raised in america didn't really watch korean tv she's korean uh and over quarantine she was watching my grandma and then my grandma she, she would put on on netflix like k-dramas for my grandma mm-hmm. and then my mom got sucked in and my mom growing up with i guess white tv mm-hmm. uh you know had the typical Hollywood crushes growing up. But then she was like all of a sudden seeing all these romantic leading Asian guys. And then she was talking to me about that. And she was like, man, if I was younger, like I would totally be like, oh my God, it opened my eyes. Cause I didn't think of seeing Asian guys so much this way. Cause these shows show them so much that way. Yeah. So I thought that was, interesting. you know, so it's the environment you grew up in. Yeah. And then the flip side of that is at what point is it too far um too far right so (laughs) on dating apps right like if you see like someone you match but then they clearly always watch k dramas Mm. and anime is that a turn off is is that like good or is like oh is this uh too far there's there's a new there's a new thing you have to look out for on the dating apps if like you mm. you get a match and you're like oh my god this white girl likes me wait 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 (laughs) look at her photos or look at her interests K-pop. And, 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 and do you know what? She's a weeb. She's fetishizing <laughs> us. And then another layer on top of that. See, like, even if you get over that or are fine with that or whatever opinion you have on that, I have other people's opinions on that are thrust upon. I, I've literally brought up this non-Asian girl was into me or uh, or we matched mm-hmm. or was something. 
And then I've had like Asian female friends be like skeptical, you know, like, mm. oh, what's she into? Is she into K-pop oh, and K-drama? And kind of like, whoa, like the you're assume. putting this judgment on her yeah, now yeah, that yeah, I didn't yeah. even put. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so just, Asian guys, that's weird. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. Like what's like what's yeah. what's what's what's, what's wrong up with her? her? What's yeah. wrong with her? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of like. Yeah, yeah. That's actually it's, a, it's more like that. discrediting you. Too. Yeah, I got you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's we're still battling it in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. And, right. And when we're talking about that particular topic or that aspect of dating, I think Asian women deal with that the most. Yeah. We're because be, they've yeah. been highly fetishized, or that's why the Asian fetish exists more on that angle. Whereas men are not the highest on the totem pole, but Asian women are very high on that in the dating, right. like as as desirable. And that's not all just purely based on, oh, you know what? I just like them because they're attractive or like they have great personalities. It's because media has played or just the, the stereotype has played a big part. Mm-hmm. And that's the right. dynamic mm-hmm. we're talking about. So to, to empathize, then they're probably like looking out for us. They're like, wait, who's trying <laughs> yeah. to, who's trying to fetishize yeah. you? I want to, I'm a, like, they're big brothering for us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and for you, Tay, thinking about, how you pushing? I like what you said. At the end of the day, you focused on meeting the person or meeting people. Was that always your mindset? Because that's for a lot of people who have to go into the dating world, especially Asian guys. And we're yeah. talking about this is a problem. And a lot of Asian guys don't approach it that maturely because it's a chip on their shoulder. You know, when you want to date and you keep on getting rejected or you don't even have the opportunity, it's frustrating. And it creates a mentality or a psyche in you that it's hard to deal with for a lot of young men. But you didn't approach it that way. You, you really focused on, you know, just meeting the yeah, person. Yeah. And, but wh- why? Why were you able to do that with your mindset? Yeah, I, I don't know how I got to that point. I think it's just like, maybe, it, maybe it's also feeling like I don't need to rush and that I can take time and I have other outlets where I can mm-hmm. feel validated or find purpose and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. when it comes to dating, there wasn't this urgency or like disappointment when things didn't work mm. out i just knew that so it's just kind of something you chipped away at and i don't know i was like i read like modern love by aziz and mm. like i think he he really summarized modern dating and online dating pretty well where it's yeah just trying to get off the app you know yeah. get away from the te- technology and just start talking just talk with people and and get this to know the real people face to face and that's where you find out if things are going to work out work out or not and um yeah it took a long time yeah, and for Mike, you kind of said the same thing as Taylor. You you kind of started getting off the app. You didn't use the app as dating because it just became not a place that you felt was as authentic, right? So how did you meet people then? <laughs> you know, like this is the dating after college theories. Then yeah. not through dating apps. Well, first of all, I just want to say like with Taylor's online dating period, I think, you know, <laughs> Taylor put us about there because I think we both bonded over the fact we're romantics at heart mm. you know like our favorite one of our favorite movies is moulin rouge and, <laughs> yeah. we, love, and we love like those those scenes of like oh love is many splendid thing so um mm. the, i have such fond memories of that time because you know i was i don't know if it was subconscious or not but i was like that best friend role of like what did she say what was the text what's yeah. that what's that mm. and like what are the oh how did the date go like tell i was like more. Okay, tell me tell more. me more <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were like in the Wang Fu office late at night yeah, and yeah, like yeah, the date yeah. was getting set up and I was just like, all right, what are you wearing? We got to figure it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were, like we were like, I think we were meeting because of in between too. It might have been around the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so, like, I was so like, nervous. There were like giddy schoolgirls about it. And I, <laughs> I, I, I have very fond memories of those times. But 
Yeah, so because I wasn't getting um, matches necessarily on the dating apps, but I moved to L.A., I always definitely put myself out there in terms of like if I was invited to a party or a gathering, I would think, okay, the movie of this rom-com would not have begun if that character didn't go to the party or, and to, to, to meet the whatever. So let's start the movie. So I would go out to all the events, meet people, and... Uh, yeah, I definitely come off way better in person. I don't know. Like, yeah, just the format of the dating app just wasn't working for me. Uh, so that's pretty much how I met girls like I went on dates with. Um, there might have been one or two dating apps, but like that's over years, you know? <laughs> Whereas my other friends were loading up on like dates, like from just purely dating apps. I'm like, how are you doing this? Yeah. And what's funny is as much as we're talking about online dating and you guys coming with a healthy approach, not making it the end all be all. Some people do load up on the dating app and I get to see why because one of the benefits of dating apps is it's at your fingertips versus for some people who are a little bit more introverted. It's hard to go to a lot of events. It's hard to go out and continue yeah. to put yourself out there in social settings. First of all, like you being an actor, there are actually a lot of events and you are an extrovert, at least from the mic that I've talked to, you're very extroverted. He's extroverted. So it's natural. <laughs> it's natural for you. But for people who are more introverted, dating app does allow an opportunity for you to meet people without having to go to a party or an event. And I can see that being a benefit. But as we've been talking about, it's it's the wild, wild west too, where you really have to focus in on what's what you find important. And Taylor... As much as you say online dating app, I kind of slow down on it. You met your current girlfriend through online on dating the apps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Success story, right I here. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she mentioned she was like I was one of her first matches too. Wow. And yeah, I think we took a chance on each other very early, mm. and maybe maybe it's because we didn't get stuck into the cycle of matches and dates and trying to find someone better. You know, mm. it's kind of early in her stage and in, in my stage too, where it worked out too, yeah. Was it very swift in terms of you guys got matched, started talking, and then it just kind of snowballed like an avalanche or was there some hiccups? Um, it wasn't like super fast, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think um, we were we were on the apps. I mean, there's a limit to like how long you could chat on the apps and you had to transition oh, to like text. Okay. I think it's like two weeks or something like mm -hmm. that. Uh, or at that time, it was like two weeks. It was a coffee meets bagel. Mm. We matched in the in the winter of 2015, mm. and I knew that she was going out of town for the holidays. So like I made sure that we got a date in nice. after we matched, and then before she left. And then it'd be like two weeks or three weeks where we didn't see each other because she was gone, and we'd just mm. be texting. So we'd be like dating maybe once a week in like January, starting in January, and then. I mean, we were we were like unofficial in dating for a long time, like months, mainly because maybe I didn't act fast enough, maybe to make the, the right moves. But uh, we were both so new to the, the experience and getting to know each other, too. I think that that pairs well, because sometimes you kind of have to be at the same level of that wavelength of, OK, we're both approaching this in the same way for yeah. it to work out. Because if you're with somebody who's pushing you to be faster it's just timing. A lot of it is timing at the end of the day. Dating really is about timing. And it's not about the personal, right? A lot of times when we get rejected, we feel very personal. But yeah, as much as we're talking about Asian guys not being high uh, on the list, yeah, it, it's not always that's the reason. 
it, it might feel like that after a certain time, but it could be just purely timing. You know, Mike, right. if you're not in the place, you're focused on your career more, but you still want to put yourself out there. So you're not ready for a steady girlfriend, but it's just kind of like you're learning stuff about yourself. That's the reality of dating. You just don't know where somebody is in their time and place in maturity. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing I've learned from dating after college is, um, besides being a great uh, web series, um, <laughs> is uh, that <laughs> that if someone does not like you back, it's not on you. There's just like, there's no hard feelings. It just right now is not the right time. It's not like you did anything wrong. It's not like you have to blame something. Um, there's two sides, you know, so you just have to wait until you find the other person who where the planets align, where they like you as much as you like them back. Um, yeah. And also, like, if they, if they want the same thing yeah. on top of that. That's because, because yeah, exactly, yeah. Some, yeah, some people might have been a different story with Taylor if, if, if she wanted to, like, be a lot faster, be a lot slower, you know? Like, it's the different approaches. So you not only have to align your attraction levels, but you have to align your your dating uh, methodology. <laughs> you, well, I, you know, like cause some people like texting every day and some people don't yes. like, they're like, no, I'm fine. Like low, low maintenance. So it all these things can, all these things depend. And tolerance I mean, from, for those things changes yeah. based off of your experiences too. You guys are saying the, there's so many things that need to align. So many mechanisms that need to eventually gear together for this yeah. car to move. <laughs> and, there's no exact science. That's why, like, I titled our, you know, little outline that we have before recording A Nice Guy's Guide to Dating. And the truth is, there really is no guide. What the reality is, is how you approach dating with your mentality. There's no A, B, C, D, do these things and you will find your future girlfriend. Yeah. I feel like you want that because you want something spelled out for you. If you can follow a blueprint, then you don't have to be so worried about the unknown. The thing that you can control is your mentality towards dating, a healthy mentality. And that's why for you guys like Tay and you and you, Mike, I think you guys throughout this episode have been explaining how to approach dating, especially after college, how you guys are developed a more healthy mindset towards dating. And it's not easy. There are no correct answers to this. But, but if you do want the correct answers, tune in next week because that's the real, <laughs> that's the real, the real story. <laughs> yeah you're, you're so right and i think some people could interpret this as like there's so many variables you have to get mm. everything right like mm. a lock but i think it's more so to just reassure you that like if things don't go well it's not on you it's a lot of yeah. different factors that can play into things not working out and i think it's just helping you get to the point of the right mindset so when you go into dating you you see it as just like yeah meeting someone mm-hmm. and getting to know someone and you keep kind of chipping away at it and eventually things will align for yeah. you and you don't have to um, approach it with like a to- toxic mindset. But yeah. I wanted to mention one of the another aspects is being your authentic self and the pressure of, as we said, setting up an online profile, being the best version of yourself. That That's the part where we kind of get lost in. And a lot of people start projecting what other people might want to see because they start to see what's in the field of play. Like, okay, this is what people find attractive. This is the kind of personality. I need to be more like this. And the biggest thing that people always say is like, dude, you have to not care. You got to play like you don't care. Be a little bit of a douchebag or the, right, you know, the right. bad boy. Yeah, and exactly. I hate hearing stuff like that. I honestly yeah. Yeah, despise that. <laughs> Mike's always playing the yeah, bad Mike, guy. Yeah, Mike, you said thinking... that at the top of this episode. <laughs> yeah. I think for each of you, have you gone to a place where you can feel you're authentic in how you represent yourself? 
ending. I think it's something you're always working on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in a relationship and I feel like authenticity is like something you're always just, it's like a muscle you have to keep exercising too. Yeah. Cause I feel like we're always fronting in, in, in different parts of our lives and mm-hmm. you have to check yourself every once in a while too, to make sure you, and sometimes it's your partner that puts you in check, right? Like, yes. Like, your partner yeah. is your ultimate ult- accountability coach. Yeah. How do you feel about authenticity in dating, Mike? <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, well, let's pull up Mike's just thinking, online profile and then try to see how authentic it is. <laughs> yeah, is this authentic to you? Uh, um, it's interesting because throughout your 20s, you are also just finding yourself in general. In a way, I'm actually kind of glad I made YouTube videos and put myself on camera and like, was seeing myself because I could see how like the real me, Mike Bo, was itching to get out, but like was kind of too afraid to be as loud or be as you know butterfly, yeah, yeah, butterfly. So like you know, trying to like fit in, like oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna blend in with everybody else. But I think luckily in hindsight, I can I've seen my progression. I'm like oh cool, I I have become more me if that makes sense. So yeah, in terms of dating. I don't think I ever hid that necessarily. Uh, and I have had luckily positive reinforcement with like things that traits of mine that are indicative of me. Like I even remember like my ex telling me like how much she loved like my positivity and um, my optimism and things like that, where I was like, okay, if I get an, I'm getting enough pats on the back that that's good. So I'll keep going in that direction. Um, yeah. I'll say something. Yeah. Like, I think I realized too, when it comes to authenticity too, it's like, I think people in dating, a lot of people keep saying like, oh, I'm finally at a place where I know what I want. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's super important to when dating too. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think another part I realized with dating Nicole is I'm very important of authenticity is, is being open to learn about yourself through yeah. the dating or through yes. that person. And it's not necessarily like you have to be more, sure about yourself than mm-hmm. than they are i thought i knew what i wanted mm-hmm. going into the apps and i think sometimes it took nicole or it took people to make me realize that actually i could be open to more things or there's certain mm-hmm. things that i like even more or things i didn't know about myself that makes me more confident about who i am and more authentic sometimes authenticity and like trying to hold on to authenticity feels like like a closed box too mm-hmm. it's like i know what i want and no one can tell me otherwise right yeah but uh authenticity also feels like it's about being open mm-hmm. as well to learning more yeah that's yeah and i think when you articulate it that way it comes down to a fixed mindset versus growth mindset right Ooh. um Ooh. when you have a mm-hmm. fixed mindset you think okay i already find what i like and what i don't like yeah and i'm gonna stick stick to that and i'm gonna apply it to dating that's since we're using we're talking about dating today Mm-hmm. And then you become so rigid in that, that you actually don't see opportunities, not just in the person that you're meeting, but you don't see opportunity in learning something by dating someone who might be different from you. Yeah. You close yeah. your mind to it by saying like, okay, I already know what I like. It's like, you really know, because you, we only have a limited experience and limited perspective, but mm-hmm. we only can grow by learning about other perspectives and learning and experiencing things in life. And dating is no different. And it's good if you find someone that you love already and then you, you grow with them, right? And you will learn something about yourself and learn about other people already. But yeah. in dating in particular, when you're just like, well, I only like this type of person. Well, you already have decided your fate in so many things already yeah, without yeah. being open to other things. Yeah. 
And I know yeah. Mike, Mike always struck me as such an open person. And I think that's why you've done well in dating in terms of your mentality. You're like, you're just an open book. Read, read me, ladies. Just read me. <laughs> no, I'm an open book. And he's written in Braille. Write <laughs> <laughs> in the feels, me. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, we're, um, we're definitely moving towards the, the later half of the portion of the podcast. Oh God. It's getting a little bit more uh, R-rated, right? <laughs> no, 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 exactly. I 100% agree with you, Jackie. Like, Dating is so great because you're not only living in the in theory, right? You're like, oh my, I have this ideal girl that I want to date or I think I like these attributes. But like you are creating like this magical new organism together, you know, you're realizing what you really like or what you really don't like. Yeah. I mean, Taylor and Nicole is the perfect example, right? We often think I just need to find a girl. And once I start dating her and we're cool. Dude, happily ever after. That's only the beginning of the story. Right. It's <laughs> like way more to come afterwards. And just because you align in chemistry in the beginning, guaranteed in a relationship, that chemistry or that learning process, well, you'll be tested for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's like another learning experience that you will apply how your mentality is in dating to relationships. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a big learning thing. Mm. Maybe that's a whole other episode, too. No, it is. <laughs> it is. That's why. Gotta... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Because there's no, like, standardized course on, like, how to date. So mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out what's everyone's expectations mm-hmm. and stuff. That's why I feel like it's not authentic. Okay, maybe authentic is not the right word. But it's a little misleading when someone is, whether creating content or, or being out there and telling you, this is what you do and you will gain success from it Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. yes maybe you gain success from it and you can use that as a model of some sort but Mm -hmm. it's not something that's just a pamphlet or or something like written in scripture that's going to work for everybody um yeah and that's why like with each of us we have different experiences just in this in this episode yes we're all asian yes we've had to encounter some challenges because we're asian guys but we all had such drastically different experiences to dating and in our different growths or paths we're going to wind down this episode and you guys have had so much insight, but let's, let's end with this. I'll, I'll, and I'll going to phrase it to both of you. Like, what have you learned the most through dating? Um, yeah, I want to make my, my nugget good. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you're making a, a good nugget. Shit. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to have a good nugget. <laughs> hey, no pressure. Okay. This is not a dating profile, right? <laughs> um, because I feel like what I learned, I feel like maybe I already touched on. And it's mm-hmm. not that profound. It doesn't. It, does, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be. <laughs> yeah, I think what I learned is that you got to see dating as your, like a self-discovery journey mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I think you know, the main the main thing when it comes to dating that I wish I was told when I was younger too is to to not put on a pedestal. Kind of what I mm. told you earlier, and to kind of mm-hmm. treat it more casually. Because I think getting to the date is often the hardest part or it's kind of framed as the hardest part of like asking someone now, you know, and ramping up to it, ask the girl the problem when really that should be the easiest part, you know, and the hardest part is deciding if you guys have chemistry and knowing how to move forward from the dates and to the next one or to another person and processing your feelings and how it affects you personally. Yeah. So like when I treated it so sacredly, it, it prevented me from even making the move. It makes people mm. from even scared to to ask. And then when you get rejected, it feels mm-hmm. like devastating. When I feel like it doesn't need to be devastating, it can mm-hmm. just be like this wasn't even the biggest step yet. You know? Yeah, you you hit on the point of 
half the battle for most things that we find challenging in life and dating included is the battle that we, whether it's putting on a pedestal or the things that we make up in our head that become a monster. When the reality is, if we just approach it one day at a time or one step at a time, it's not this monster that you imagine it to be. And rejection also is something like that too. Rejection sucks. There's no two ways about it. But you will wake up the next day. You will be fine. No, it's something that it's just not your opportunity yet. Same as Mike acting. You've put yourself out there so many times. You don't get the role, but doesn't define who you are. It just maybe means, yeah, maybe work on your craft more and more and more and you will climb that mountain. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I, when people ask me what acting is like uh, auditioning all the time, I say, actually, if you like dating and getting ghosted, then the acting life is the life for you because you, you're putting yourself out there so much all the time. And then they don't tell you, no, if you don't get the job, you don't hear back. But that's the norms, you know, so it's not like acting has actually taught me a lot about dating it's not like taking that personally it's like okay this was not the right time yet but the role will come you know and like the right connect the right timing will be there at some point and i know that's like oh i wish i could be more proactive with that but in the on the proactive side to answer your question jack i heard this video clip that spoke to me that i try to emulate in terms of what i learned about dating when the people are like why isn't my ideal person with me already it said to write a list of all those qualities that you want like your ideal person all those qualities and then become that become those qualities it's a good one yeah now it's like you will attract what you are putting out there that's that's a good putting out in the world that's a good one man yeah mic drop i think we're done mic drop uh, that's your podcast mike yeah. mike oh mike yeah, yeah 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 uh-huh. oh mike <laughs> mike wait what about you tay you're gonna have to be part of that podcast you're gonna have to incorporate yourself somehow you can't uh, you guys are you guys are a package deal <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm I'm gonna veto that i need to also all the um microphone companies aren't gonna give us brand deals because they're gonna be like don't damage don't, our mic so <laughs> yeah at the end of each episode we always drop the mics yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, sorry, guys. Well, we're going to have to end with that mic drop. I, mean, I, <laughs> I really want to thank you guys both for coming on to this podcast. It, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, you guys really being a huge example of really putting yourself out there and continuing to do it. It's a challenge. Mike, when you mentioned like reflecting back on some of the content you created, yeah, sometimes you're like, eh, you know, that wasn't quite me just yet. But you wouldn't know that until you started doing it. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. for anybody out there struggling or wanting to do something, it feels like a mountain, whether that's approaching dating. It's like, oh, I don't want to get rejected. Or, dude, how, how, do, how do I become myself better? And how do I represent myself better? you got to start every day just by trying something that maybe you're a little bit not comfortable with. And it doesn't mean you have to jump, you know, jumping out of a plane. But just try that little thing that's a little bit different that you feel a little bit uncomfortable with. And this podcast is actually that for me. I'm very uncomfortable many times, guys, many times. But <laughs> No, you do. Yeah. This is great. I feel like I've learned a lot from you, this podcast. You, you're, you've always been so wise, Jack, in all these talks. And I really think the world is fortunate to be able to uh, hear that wisdom from you in the form of this podcast, too. And you've really, you really encompassed what we've talked about in very meaningful ways just in this last hour. So. Yeah, I feel like we recreated that SD road trip. And now, hey, look. Oh, my God, guys. We're back in SD. We're like, <laughs> Whoa, look at that. We, we were driving this whole conversation. 
All right, the car ride is over. It wasn't quite two hours, but you know we hit on some good we, points. We drove in fast. Hour. Yeah, we drove. Mm, we were really we were we're Tokyo there drifting. Was, yeah, yeah, there was no traffic this time to SD. <laughs> we made it just in time. Before we log off, can you guys share how to find you and how to how to really reach you guys and find the kind of content that you guys are making? Oh. Go ahead, Mike. You go first. You can find me on all the social medias. Instagram at Mike Bo Show, Twitter at Mike Bo Show, Twitch at Mike Bo Show, YouTube at Mike Bo Show. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah at all of it. Was that more of a COVID thing? <laughs> it was. It was definitely COVID. Like when Hollywood shut down, it's like okay, let's let's do let's do something. I can't. I'm a little antsy. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm not on all the socials, but the best place to find me would be Instagram, Chanman325. You can also find me on Wong Fu Productions yeah. on their YouTube channels, more Wong Fu and uh, Wong Fu Productions, where I create scripted narratives. Yeah. 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 And if you want to go back to older content, and I'm sure the new ones that you make, Mike will be also a, a part of that. There, there's oh, Mike's in a ton of stuff. Oh, <laughs> Mike's in a ton of stuff. And it's definitely worthy of watch. If not, definitely watch in between. That's, That's definitely the brainchild of YouTube. Uh -huh. Yeah. So with that said, you can, you can follow right in the fields. You can email me at right in the fields pod at gmail.com. You can follow this podcast on IG, right in the fields podcast. And you can Ooh. message me and I'll even contact Tay and Mike through that. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you guys for being part of this journey for me. I, Appreciate it so much, man. I love you guys. I really do. Love you, Jack. Love you, Jack. I didn't feel like I was third wheeling as much this time. So this is cool. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so I hope this episode finds you well. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.